Okay, Shellformers, our long national nightmare is over. The first trailer for Thor Love and Thunder is here. Before we begin, I, I wanted to take a moment to remember a friend of mine, uh, Zach Douglas, who passed away last week after a long illness. I've known Zach about 10 years or so, uh, give or take, and I met Zach through collecting uh, with my cousin Ben and my cousin Matt and I uh, met him. We're all fans of toys and action figures. and. Um, I just wanted to express how sorry I am and, and my sympathies to his wife and his loved ones and he was v very much loved and I know he'll be missed he, he, he met everything with positivity and energy and enthusiasm and, and he if he had I know he had bad days and but he always he always projected uh, positivity and determinism and I appreciate that about him and um, we'll miss you Zach okay guys so we're gonna do a special bonus episode today uh, just me here Darby talking about uh, the new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder thought it'd be kind of fun to dig through the trailer um, it's really just a teaser, it's really just a taste, but there's actually quite a bit to chew on. Uh, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to pull apart some of that and kind of see what the trailer is or isn't saying. And then also sort of talk about um, some of the uh, very strong comic book connections that are present in the trailer. Um, it's been really fun to kind of experience this sort of anticipation for the trailer, this is the shortest uh, release window of any Marvel movie ever in terms of the period between the first trailer and the actual movie. The movie comes out uh, here in the States, comes out July 8th, and the trailer is um, uh, within about 90 days. This is uh, pretty short. Uh, you've had trailers in advance of earlier MCU movies by a good year. Uh, so this is unusual. I think there are some reasons for it that are... Uh, probably just uh, marketing things and then there are also some content things which I might talk about here as we go forward uh, if you guys have thoughts yourself let us know you let us know on our Twitter at uh, shellformers and uh, shellformers at gmail.com our email address let us know what you think about all this so I'll just kind of go through the trailer in general and then we'll pick apart uh, some some pieces in detail and the trailer kind of opens with a very sort of interesting montage. We have a, a, an image of Thor, a young Thor, running through the woods. It's a young boy, and then as he's going through the trees, he ages, and the second shot is sort of a teenage Thor um, in his classic uh, Marvel Comics costume, the original Jack Kirby uh, designed sort of journey into mystery number 83 from 1963 62 and um which has been 
popularized obviously in uh, comics ever since and some other media folks are fans of a movie from the 80s called adventures in babysitting there's a thor helmet which is sort of significant to the plot uh, it had very much shades of that so I, I i really enjoyed that and then he runs into the sort of the first version of thor that we saw in the mcu which was chris Hemsworth from the first thor movie first avengers movie uh, in his sort of earliest costume and that's a costume also that has its origins in the comic books that's from 2008-2009 from when uh, Asgard was relocated to Oklahoma sort of shades of what's happening in the MCU here we'll talk about that Um, and then we have the opening strains of the song in the trailer and that's a sweet child of mine from Guns N' Roses Uh, not as uh, sort of immediately brain meltingly awesome as the Thor Ragnarok trailer the first teaser I should say uh, and we get that Zeppelin coming in there, but this was still really cool. I really liked this a lot. Uh, Taika Waititi is a huge fan of music, uh, certainly a big fan of Rita Ora, I'm told. And uh, if you're a fan of Jojo Rabbit 2019, one of my absolute favorite movies, I love Taika. So we're getting we're getting a different sort of vibe here. Um, so we haven't seen Thor in a minute um, since 2019, since Endgame. It's somehow don't know how that happened it's been three years since this movie which was sort of monolithic uh but this is a thor who's sort of searching it seems like and i thought i'd read the synopsis that marvel released to accompany the trailer it gives an idea of sort of the vibe of the trailer and also where the movie's going so thor love and thunder follows thor on a quest for inner peace but his retirement retirement is interrupted by gore the god butcher who seeks the extinction of the gods Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and Jane Foster, who now wields Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. So there's a lot going on there. The trailer sort of hints at some of this, and some of it it doesn't. We'll talk about that. Um, But you have, uh, in the opening part of the trailer, Thor sort of in voiceover, he's sort of commenting on this. He's looking to find out who he is, and I think this is a product of a guy who's lost his world. He's lost his family, he's lost his brother, he's lost, so far as he knows, Jane Foster. Um, He's sort of searching for his place, and I I think the Guardians and Thor going into battle. This is a different alien world, and this is a shredded Thor, he's in a different costume. Uh, They they sort of run into battle. Um, One of the characters in this shot appears to be Yondu. Um... I'm not sure about this. Nebula is in the immediate foreground. This character, Yondu, is in the background. Um, Not 100% on this, but their their run is a Yondu passed away at the end of Guardians Volume 2. They run into battle. Thor actually turns and walks away in the other direction. Um, This may be actually, I don't know if this is Yondu, this might be another character, but I'm sure Twitter will. Twitter will identify this person, of course. Yeah, Thor just sort of turns his back and walks away, and he walks off into this sort of contemplation. The Guardians are then leaving him. Uh, This is a different scene, though. They're leaving him into a portal into space, and then they leave Thor on what appears to be Sakaar. It's a lot of junk, a lot of uh, debris, 
like there's on Sakaar from Thor Ragnarok. This is the planet that Thor was dumped on and uh, ended up in the gladiatorial arena. So he appears to be back on Sakaar with Korg. Uh, Korg is the rock uh, alien who Taika Watiti played uh, in Ragnarok. Taika is, I love Taika. Folks haven't seen uh, Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. You should check it out. Uh, Thor seems happy to be left. Um, but we're going to talk about that. So then we cut to a shot of new Asgard. So this is the um, refugees from Asgard, which was decimated by Surtur. And then again, Thanos relocated to Earth. Uh, a ship, a Viking-like ship is taking off. It's being led by the sort of mystical goats whose names, uh, they're they from Norse mythology, whose names I cannot pronounce. You will find them in the uh, Marvel comics as well. Uh, this ship is taking off. I feel pretty sure that this ship is going to play a role in the movie. We then cut to a shot, which by context I'm going to say is uh, Olympus. If folks have been watching Moon Knight. You know what a big deal um, sort of different pantheons of gods have become in the MCU outside of the Asgardians. And that appears to be expanding. There's a good reason for that. So in the synopsis... Um, I, the synopsis mentions Gore the God Butcher. Gore the God Butcher is a villain from the comics, and he first appears in the God of Thunder storyline from 2013. This was uh, written by Jason Aaron and uh, drawn primarily by Esad Ribic. Um, this is a fantastic run in which explores Thor sort of through three different periods of his life, sort of the far past. He's a young man. He's got big head on his shoulders he's looking to prove himself in the present of the marvel universe and then in the future he's an older grizzled king thor who is really the only person left alive in asgard after gore has killed all the gods in the of all the pantheons and that includes the olympian pantheon and the olympian pantheon does play a role in the marvel comics and we appear to be visiting it here in the the new movie um it's an unusual sort of arrangement here. Um, was if this is Olympus, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, we have some sort of floating structural elements, uh, some sort of rope bridges. It sort of has a vaguely Eastern feel as opposed to any sort of Greek. Um, you have a random shot of Thor appears to be on some kind of pirate ship. He's in the water woman with blue hair ropes in they have a very swashbuckling kiss it's very our flag means death if thor on what appears to be the ship the viking ship from new asgard these could be the same ship um the pirate ship the viking ship he appears to be flying through space though um storm his battle axe is glowing he seems very happy and then we're back to what appears to be olympus because lightning is lightning bolts are flying around and they're caught in a very <laughs> interesting scene shot and they're caught by someone directly in their hand the lightning bolt immediately hardens into a very art deco lightning bolt if folks have ever been to rockefeller center as you go to the approach the building the main building uh, it has a famous art deco um relief what would you call it tableau up there which is Zeus and he has the lightning bolt and this lightning bolt is a pretty much that lightning bolt uh, and this is Zeus um, we don't see his face um, 
but he's holding the lightning bolt as he looks out over uh, what appears to be Olympus. There are a pair of women to his immediate right, um, and he is wearing sort of golden armor. Uh, rumors are sort of hinting at this being um, Russell Crowe, and uh, I think that'd be fun. I, I'm going to say that's probably accurate. Uh, the biggest thing for Marvel Comics fans is, uh, will this introduce finally Hercules? Hercules is a major character for Marvel Comics. He's been an, Aven an Avenger. Uh, he's been an ally and a foe of Thor over the years. He first appears back in 65 um, in Journey into Mystery Annual Number 1. Uh, and he's really been a, a pretty key part of the Thor sort of lore ever since. And uh, I would be stunned if we don't meet him in this movie, given the fact that we're seeing Zeus. I think the reason we're seeing Zeus is because um, Gore the God Butcher, who's being played by Christian Bale, by the way. Um, Christian Bale obviously played Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Gore the God Butcher is from the comics, that that iteration was killing all the gods because he prayed to the gods he's an alien he prayed to his gods for salvation to save him and his family his prayers weren't answered he did not take that well uh he and he took possession of a weapon called the necro sword which is a unimaginably cosmic poweredly poweredly <laughs> powered weapon and um just demolishes uh, entire pantheons of God. He beheads a celestial at one point, which the celestials are among the most powerful cosmic beings, obviously, in the Marvel Universe. We've seen them now in the Eternals. Um, so I'm going to say this doesn't look good for Zeus and probably leads into the introduction of, of Hercules. This is interesting, too, because of what's happening in Moon Knight. So... Uh, we're going to meet the Olympian Pantheon in Love and Thunder. We've just met in Episode 3 of Moon Knight, uh, the Ennead, uh, the Egyptian Heliponetian um, Pantheon, or some of it, um, in uh, Moon Knight. Um, you have, we met a couple of them. We met representatives, or avatars, I should say of the gods the gods of the gods have left to another dimension and they've left earth and but they still maintain a sort of uh, they maintain some interest in it but through their avatars so we mean avatars for horus uh for isis um and um others including bast bast is a major figure in egyptian lore but she's also in marvel comics lore a major figure in wakandan mythology as well um, I think that is significant. But there are nine, uh, the sort of, they meet within the Great Pyramid in Giza, and there are nine chairs, and only five appear. And that's, you know, sort of whatever. In context of the trailer, um, I think that's interesting. In context of what we know about Gore the God Butcher, is the reason that there's only five that Gore's already been at work? I guess we'll see, right? So, we get a shot of Thor then, uh, he's sort of high-fiving Korg, he's in a new suit of armor, blue and gold armor, very evocative of the sort of uh, blue and gold armor that Walt Simonson gave Thor back in the, his truly iconic run uh, on the comic book back in the 80s. It's amazing stuff that came out of this, a lot of stuff that's been in the MCU has come right out of that run. Um, and then... And then we have something else that's come right out of the comics, and 
It's followed by a shot of Thor and Korg. They're in a very sort of snowy mountaintop. They're looking out on what is a massive, giant, dead creature. Um, this is um, very powerful sort of shot, and it's maybe familiar uh, to fans of the comics. It's um, This is right out of the god of thunder comic book storyline i was talking about earlier by jason aaron and uh isad ribich um to the point where this is actually just the panel uh the only difference is that uh, korg is on the mountaintop with thor uh, thor is by himself in the comic they're looking out upon a sort of a it's a giant sort of hairy beast sort of quilled his back sort of porcupine type creature is this falagar the behemoth uh the beast and the the shot is so particular it's so precise as to you know it, this is i they think they literally just took the esod ribbage panel and they gave it some dimension they gave it you know the new coat of paint digital paint um there are a lot of homages in the mcu obviously they're all draw from marvel comics everything is directly related to the comics in some form with you know adapted and interpreted um the it, it's it's a great tribute to isad ribich that this panel uh, has become such an evocative shot in the mcu uh it's also so um in the comic books they would call this a swipe so this would just be a deliberate not an homage where it's you know you're sort of big neon sign pointing to the fact that you're paying tribute to kirby to whoever walt simonson and then there's the swipe the swipe is uh just cribbing <laughs> a panel a pose a page a, a something without you know sort of proper attribution or sort of the the sort of wink wink that you know we understand what's happening here because we we love art we love artists and we're paying tribute to the men and women who came before us and who inspired us. Um, both of those things, I think, are happening here. And, and there's been a lot of conversation in the last couple of years from Marvel Comics writers and artists, Ed Brubaker, Tom King, uh, about you know getting properly paid for their contributions to the comics when these things bubble up into the MCU. And I think it's fair to talk about the fact that you see something like this and then, you know, it's um, Esad Ribich. I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to know what he thinks about this, if he's humbled or honored or if he's a little bit mad or or I don't know. You know, it, it, it goes, cuts both ways. You have people like Stanley, obviously, who was in every one of his movies until he passed. Uh, Jim Starlin had a cameo in, um, was it Endgame? Um, and obviously the, the movies have at the very end of the credits, they thank a number of creators and they, they tend to, th no way home thanked a, a host of people who have been associated with Spider-Man in the comics over the decades. Uh, so they're, you know, they, they've acknowledged certainly that, um, you know, the debt that they owe to the comic books and their creators. I think it's fair to argue whether or not that they, they've, they're properly, um, rewarded. So the trailer, this is, by the way, uh, Falagar the Behemoth, he is killed by Gore the God Butcher in the comics. I assume it's the same in the movie. Uh, so this is our first and really only evidence in the trailer of Gore the God Butcher. 
We cut back to New Asgard. Got that boat, that Viking boat taken off, led by the goats. Uh, New Asgard is... Um, uh, appears to have some tourists. There's a big sort of cruise ship in the... Or two of them in the background. It's probably not fun. Then we cut to a very sort of boring, blah, bureaucratic... Uh, scene of uh, a bunch of people uh, sitting around a table uh, this table is headed up by uh, Tessa Thompson as a Valkyrie King Valkyrie as she's identified in the um, uh, the synopsis and uh, on the action figures uh, she's wearing a suit my new religion by the way is Tessa Thompson in a suit and uh, she looks amazing she looks awesome she looks bored um, she's obviously She's uh, taken, uh, you know, taken responsibility and care for her people. She's also, I think, this is not her bag. She's a warrior. She's, uh, she's a person who wants to be out in the thick of it, but she is very much removed from it to the point where this is her only shot in the trailer. I take that back. She's uh, a tiny, tiny figure in the very next shot. Um, what who appear to be Korg, Thor. Valkyrie and Jane Foster Thor are walking into what I think is Olympus. You have a massive statue of Zeus in the far background holding a thunderbolt. Um, and that gives you an idea of the plot, I think. Uh, we cut to uh, Star-Lord is having a conversation with Thor. <laughs> it's the funniest moment in the trailer. He's saying, all you need to know about love, or I forget how he says it, but when you look at people, you know, you look at the people that you love, it cuts to a shot of the Guardians. Everybody, again, except for Gamora. Gamora's absent uh, from this scene. Uh, no indication of where she could be. Um, and then and then, as uh, Star-Lord is looking lovingly at his uh, friends and family, uh, Thor, who is desperate, uh, I think, to have friends and family in a place... Uh, sort of butts into the shot and he, he looks lovingly back at Star-Lord. Star-Lord ain't not having it. Uh, and then it gets awkward uh, in a bromance kind of way. I think there's a little bit of gentle bromance going on, at least from Thor towards Star-Lord. I think Star-Lord is over Thor. He was over Thor before they got started uh, back in uh, back in Endgame there. Um, or actually Infinity War. So I'm going to cut to the, to the title here. you got Thor Love and Thunder, a little bit of 80s action going on again. Taika, big 80s guy. And uh, then we cut to the Stinger. And this is pretty cool. Um, this is uh, the least surprising thing about the trailer. We all knew in advance. Uh, but it's still great to see. Um, uh, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Actually, this is surprising. Uh, Mjolnir comes, flies into the shot. This is the restored Mjolnir, that which is destroyed by uh, Hela in Thor Ragnarok. She destroyed it at the outset of the movie. It's been pieced back together. It's cracked still. There's like energy bleeding out of the cracks. Flies into the hands of uh, Jane Foster. Uh, she appears to be on. It's either an alien world, or I'm gonna. It could be possibly in the past. I'll maybe talk about that as I wrap up here. Um. The she flies into her hand, and uh, she is wearing her right out of the comic books. Uh, I just I absolutely adore the way that the MCU is leaning into the comic books in a way you know especially in the costumes. Uh, this is a fantastic design by Russell Dowderman, who is one of my favorite artists, modern Marvel artists. 
it's fantastic uh, visual designer too. He's designing a lot of great costumes right now for the Hellfire Gala, including one for the Scarlet Witch, which is one of her best costumes. So Jane is wearing uh, her very unique helmet, which comes down over her nose, which sort of meant to disguise her. And it does sort of alter the face a little bit of Natalie Portman. She's not, you. Uh, I, I would say if you didn't know it was her, I don't know that you'd immediately identify her. Otherwise, she's wearing the Jane Foster costume. She looks fantastic. She's holding it in a fashion that suggests she's possibly about to get into it with Thor, who's looking very befuddled. Uh, probably a misdirect there. Uh, she's also got a hint of a smile on her face. Um, that 2014 Jason Aaron run on Thor, this is the mighty Thor where Jane becomes Thor. Um, and so Gorg, the God Butcher, kills all the gods. And then the fallout of that, um, Thor sort of doubts his worthiness. Uh, and, and sort of uh, he loses the ability to wield Molnir, and then as, and then that Molnir is collected by a woman, and initially her identity is a mystery, and we later find out it's Jane, and Jane has been diagnosed with cancer. She's suffering, going through a lot of um, chemotherapy. She's very weak, but when she becomes Thor, uh, she gains all this power. She gains all this ability, and it sort of catches up to her. It's it's, it's a fantastic run about worthiness and heroism and the inherent quality of, of, of good people. And I'm absolutely thrilled that they're gonna address this storyline in the movie. Um, I think there's a question here of whether or not uh, some of this takes place in the past. Um, we have some flashbacks at the outset of the trailer. Um, the God of Thunder storyline from 2013 takes place in three different timelines. It takes place in Thor's youth, uh, takes place in the present, as I said, and then it takes place in the future. Um, this movie could be moving around in time. It could be moving around through the multiverse. This movie releases and is set after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I think depending on how gonzo that gets in the final moments of that movie, it's going to tell us a lot whether or not there's some after effect. And then one of those effects could be whether or not this Thor, Jane Foster Thor is a variant or if she's the Jane we've met before I think that's an open question uh, I think it's an open question whether or not any of the Thors that we see in this trailer are variants as well um, I think it's a possibility I don't I don't know it's hard to tell I think Doctor Strange's infinite possibilities exist within that movie and therefore um, I think it's also impossible at this point to speculate as to what some of the effects would be. I sort of got ahead of myself, a sort of Spider-Man No Way Home speculation impacts on Doctor Strange, and that didn't really play out, I, and I don't think you can do the same here. I, it's, I think there will be some impact, because I think part of the reason I might have said at the outset, um, you know, why is the trailer so late? I think some of it has to do with uh, making sure that they're not um, spoiling anything, both for Doctor Strange and also Moon Knight. I think maybe more Moon Knight, because I think Moon Knight has to do with the uh, Egyptian gods, the pantheon there. And I think that does tie directly into Gore the God Butcher. And whether or not we'll see Gore in that series, I doubt it. But will we get a hint that he's been at work? I think maybe. Um, we may have already gotten it, depending on whether or not there's any sort of uh, uh, real value in that scene. The fact that there's only five of the nine uh, Aeneid appeared. So we'll see. Um, so I'm excited about the movie. I've been excited about the movie for a long time. 
uh i'm even more excited now you know this is just a little bit of a teaser we're going to get a lot more here especially after dr strange opens and they're really going to open up the the afterburners and we're going to get going um so let us know what you guys think uh do you think um you know this is a movie you're looking forward to you don't really care um you know like the trailer's like oh there's a trailer but uh, hopefully, if you've been following along, you've been listening to Sugu and I sort of talk about uh, the movies and TV shows. Hopefully, you're as into it as we are. We'll definitely talk about it uh, as we get to July. And look forward to sort of enjoying the movie. It looks like a big, fun summer movie. And that's exciting right now. So, uh, as always, let us know what you think. Uh, once again, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at shelfwarmers. Let us know. Um, you know, if you if you're enjoying this, uh, you can follow us, subscribe, uh, whatever platform you use that you listen to us through. Uh, like, leave a review, uh, leave a rating if your platform allows you to. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys listening, and we're um, we're happy uh, to keep making these so long as you guys will have us. So thanks again. <laughs>